Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Make It Plain. Make It Plain. M.I.P. With Massimella Matsumo. Mark Thompson. Make It Plain. Get woke. Ladies and gentlemen, we've not talked to our dear friend in a while. We've all been so busy and quarantining and battling the pandemic and the Trump-demic and the police-demic, among other things. But we're glad to have him back and... As always, he is prolific when it comes to writing about political issues, especially prolific at thedailybeast.com. What a week it has already been, the impeachment vote. Uh, also, very interesting piece he wrote about Joe Biden and us not being able to move on. And I, and I had a thought about that this morning. I definitely want to talk to him about that. But we're so glad to have back with us our dear, dear friend, Michael Tomaski of The Daily Beast. Michael, how, first of all, how was the, the holiday season, even though I know it wasn't as usual, but how did you and your family make out over the holidays, man? Oh, thank you. I mean, uh, we did fine. You know, it was just, uh, no, no big family gatherings, just three of us here. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, I, as I say, I'm, I'm very fortunate. You know, I, I can do this work from home and nobody's gotten sick. And, you know, uh, so everything was okay on a personal level. You know, watching the world and the country was another matter. Yeah, yeah. You you wrote about you describe the impeachment hearings as a freak show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, well, you they know, that worth it. You know, they're saying a lot of commentators are saying you know it's the most bipartisan impeachment in history. Ten Republicans voted to impeach Trump, and that's true, and that's good, and I applaud those ten. Uh, whatever else I might think about them on other days, on other matters, I applaud them for doing this. And that's great. But that still leaves 197 Republicans uh, who voted to defend Trump and who gave some of the craziest speeches that I sat there and listened to all afternoon that, that you'll ever hear, and some of the most you know, flagrantly ridiculous in terms of the way they tried to ignore the issue or sidestep the issue 
and also uh, in, in ways they tried to exculpate Trump. And uh, they tried to, there were a few of them who tried to say that, uh, but he used the word peaceful in his speech. And yes, he did. He once, one time, used the word peaceful in his address to that rally. But he used the word fight. And somebody told me something like 30 or 35 times. And the message was very clear that we're not going to, you know, we're not going to take this back through weakness. We can't be weak, all that kind of thing. There's, there's no question what the message was. So just listening to these people try and apologize for that or make excuses for that. And then listening to them try to whine about how Bob De Niro said something mean about Trump and all that kind of stuff. It's just, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, but it's, it's, it's much worse than ridiculous because it's a, it's a, they're a threat to democracy. You see him, though, trying to double back and cover himself and revise the history. He said, I sent in the National Guard. No, you didn't. He couldn't be found. There's also the evidence that he and Giuliani were making phone calls throughout the ordeal uh, at the Capitol. So, I mean, he, he, I mean, I don't, I don't think you and I could have predict, could walk down the street and pick someone who would say, uh, profile someone and say, oh, this person looks like they probably would incite an insurrection. That's just, and it's kind of an arcane terminology in 2020. Who incites an insurrection? But yeah. who does but Donald Trump? And it's just irrefutable that that's what he's done. I guess the question now is whether any Republicans in the Senate do you think will have the courage to do um, what a few of those in the House did once the Senate trial commences? I think a few will. Uh, you know, it, it'll depend a little bit on the trial, and I, I think the trial is something that you know the Democrats are going to have to keep pretty short. You know, this, this concern about stepping on Biden's agenda, I think, is a real one. So, uh, you know, if it were up to me, there would be something like in the mornings the Senate goes about the business of confirming Biden's nominees and working on the COVID relief bill and, and doing uh, uh, infrastructure and whatever else is on the positive agenda. Then they break, and then in the afternoon they do impeachment hearings, and, and they do it uh, for a pretty limited time period, two or maybe three weeks at most. You know, it is a trial, and as repulsive as Donald Trump is, he is the accused, and it's the United States, and he gets to present his side of the case. So they have to make sure that that gets done in a way that comports with American values. But they also can do it fast, and I think if they, depending on how it goes, yeah, I think, I think a small handful not 17 or 18, but four or five Republicans might actually go on records. And you mentioned Joe, so I'm, I'm a little worried about Joe. And I get, you know, the whole kumbaya thing, let's heal, let's build back. I get all of that. But I agree with you. He's just stay out of the way. Let the Senate do his job. He can say that. Look, I don't have an opinion on that. This is the Senate's job. This is what they need to do. I think it's wise for him not to have an opinion, but I hope he doesn't go out on his crusade. Oh, please stop. Let's not do this. Let's just, let's just move on. I, I think it's, it's, it's very dangerous and would be very dangerous to ignore this and just let it slide. Don't you? Yeah, I do. I, I agree exactly with you. And I, and I feel fairly confident that I think Biden's going to take that position. I don't, I don't think he's going to say, that the Senate should not do this or the Senate should drop this. I, he's, he's got too much respect for the Senate where he spent 36 years and, and he's surrounded by people who are knowledgeable and, and, and know how this works. I think as long as Biden himself is mostly talking about the future, 
pandemic, the vaccine, you know, the economy, and, and how we get this country back on track, he can let the Senate do what they want. And of course, on Fox News and and all those other networks, they're going to say, "Oh, the Democrats are being divisive. They're looking backward. They're doing this. They're doing that." But you know, that's going to play to their base, but I don't think it's going to play outside their base. I think you know, I've seen polls; they're they're tentative, but you know, a, a, a narrow but substantial, a narrow but real majority of people, you know, wanted to see Trump impeached again, and and wanted uh, actually one poll I saw a, a narrow majority wanted to see him removed from office before. 20th, which is what happened, but but I assume that majority will support they they set a trial. Yeah, absolutely. I think they would. And and again, I know you've also written about the importance of investigating Trump uh, and humiliating him, which I don't mind either because he's humiliated all of us. He's yeah. humiliated you know everyone in the country. Um, but just share with our audience, Michael, in your own words, why it is so important that there be a full investigation and all is that this is brought to account um, in this age of, of disinformation. We need some real documentation and information, don't we? Yeah, well, this was an act of insurrection, an act of sedition, maybe an act of treason, depending on how you define treason. Uh, and, you know, and it looks like its tentacles were very far-reaching. You had a lot of state Republican elected officials there. Uh, there were probably other Republican appointed officials, you know, County and state executives and things like that, uh, whose names we don't know, might might have been involved in this. Uh, somebody coordinated this. You know, there are questions about those tours that certain members were giving those groups in the days before. We saw that video come out yesterday. I'm sure you saw it of, of a woman yelling at her Confederates through the window about describing to them the floor plan of the Capitol building and where they needed to go next. Uh, and those tweets from Lauren Boebert about. Pelosi's location. What was the involvement of these people? What did they know beforehand? What was the involvement of white supremacist groups? Did they work with white supremacist groups? Did Republicans work with white supremacist and other radical right-wing groups? And did any of these people work with, maybe not Trump himself, but the Trump family or anybody in the Trump White House? These are all, I don't know the answers to these questions right now. Nobody does, but these are all live, important questions that have to be addressed and have to be investigated. So to me, the, the Senate trial of Trump is important, but what's far more important is that Congress uh, establish a joint panel, not of the House or the Senate, a joint panel where Schumer and Pelosi bring together their best people, their best questioners, their best investigators, give it the budget it needs, and really get to the bottom of this. And you know, string this out as don't string it out just for the purpose of stringing it out like the Republicans did with Benghazi, but but take the time it's needed to get to the bottom of this. And I have a feeling some of the answers are going to be kind of shocking. But this was really you and I've been talking about this for you know for the past four years. This was really no, this wasn't a surprise to you what they did on Wednesday. No, I mean they were broadcasting it for weeks before. I think Trump's going to be wild. Tweet was early December, December sixth or something. Uh, so it was known, which you know, raises a whole other set of questions about people I didn't mention yet, but the police and, and you know, what elements within what police forces were maybe in on this. Uh, but no, this wasn't surprising. It wasn't surprising in the near term because they were talking about December 6th, December 6th, December 6th. But in more general terms, Mark, the fact that something like this happened wasn't surprising in the least because we know what this element is and what Trump and social media have done to their minds and 
how they feel that like their rights have been trampled when their side just lost a free and fair election. And we also are hearing, I mean, there's reason for legitimate concern leading up to the inauguration. There are more troops. It's become a cliche, so many correspondents have said it. There are more troops on the streets of Washington, D.C. than there are in Afghanistan and Iraq and other places around the world. Um, And they've said they're coming back. They're going to try to do something on Inauguration Day. I mean, and, and where did they get that from? This is from the enabling of Donald Trump, Donald Trump enabling them, and them in turn enabling him. It's really a codependence, codependency situation. Um, a mob and Donald Trump thinking that, you know, they both have something to fight for and believe in. I'm worried about the inauguration. If I would Joe Biden, I just would just, you, 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 uh, I'm, I, you made me old enough to remember. I know I am. Um, when Reagan's second inaugural was scheduled and a big blizzard hit D.C. You remember that? And, and they just canceled the whole thing. They, yeah. they went inside a room in the Capitol. It was a second term anyway. What's the big deal? Raised up his hand, got the hell on out of there. I mean, I, I almost feel like maybe that's what Biden needs to consider to, to, to eliminate, you know, any agenda that these crazies might have. It's funny. I took advantage of that day, that cancellation, because my car, I lived in Washington at the time, and my car was parked somewhere near Capitol Hill, buried in snow. And I took advantage of the fact that that whole thing was canceled to go up there with a shovel and try to dig my car out uh, because I knew the streets would be quiet. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, I have to say, like, if, if I were Biden, I'd just do it quietly in Blair House or something like that. That's the house across from the White House where the president-elect, by tradition, spends the night before the inauguration. Uh, but I can see needing for the sake of continuity and for the sake of not giving in to these people, needing to do it in something like the normal way. But boy, it's not going to look very normal. I mean, there's going to be 25 or 30,000 troops there, as there need to be. And how many, I have no idea how many block, 40 block section of the city fenced off. I mean, this is the oldest democratic pageant in the world. It's been going on for 242 years. And it's not going to look very democratic. It's going to look like Pyongyang on you know, Dear Leader Day. And that's really sad, but that's, that's where we are. And I'm nervous about state capitals that day, and I'm nervous about ML King Day, too, which happens to fall two days before. Michael, to me, none of this is coincidental. First of all, you have January 5th, an African-American and a Jew elected to a Confederate state. You know, and I tell people, see, people should go back. People focus to me on the wrong thing and drive in this days. This is a, a black man and a Jewish woman. Yeah. I, and I mean, the friendship, but, it was, it was, but, but if you remember, there were cameo, Dr. there was a cameo of Dr. King in that movie. Yeah. And a cameo of the bombing of a Jewish synagogue in Georgia. All right. So this was an era when that was happening. It was not safe for blacks or Jews in Georgia, right? right. So Georgia elects an African-American and a Jew right. to the Senate to tip the back. You're not supposed to, you're not allowed to do that, Michael. That's not supposed to. So for them to have this type of reaction and then for this to fall so close to Martin King's birth, and then not just any African-American, a successor to the King family in the very pulpit the family served in. So, you know, th- th- that's some very powerful imagery, 
symbolism and, and tangible reality. Um, and, and so you have, I think you have a good reason to be worried about Martin Luther King Day and the desecration of what that day is supposed to be. I, I, I think that, that we all have to be concerned. But looking down the road, is this fixable, Michael? I mean, has, has Trump done irreparable harm? What we thought we had in Obama, and I know it wasn't perfect. You know, there was there were moments of unity, moments of of healing and coming together with the election of an African American. Now it seems like we've gone back to an era even before, well, before Obama was elected, maybe even before Jimmy Carter was elected. Can Joe Biden heal that? Is, is that possible? No, but you know he can he can improve it, right? He can improve it. We're not going to have a maniac in the White House. Who's constantly dividing people, constantly calling names, you know, constantly committing impeachable offenses, and, and and all the rest of it. We're going to have a man again who is a dignified person uh, as the president of the United States. That's going to count for something. It really will, I think. Uh, and um, and you know, he's never going to have a sixty-five percent approval rating because that's just not in the cards in this country anymore. But. I can see him having a steady, as long as the economy holds out, and as long as he responds to the to the pandemic uh, uh, in the way that he promises. I can see him having a steady, you know, fifty-two percent approval rating, uh, which is really good for the as divided as this country is, and and it would be great news, uh, and uh, it would marginalize the uh, radical right extremists, but they're not going away. Uh, they're not. Their presence in the Republican Party is not going to be terribly diminished. Uh, they're going to continue to win primaries in certain districts. You know, we've got two QAnon people in the House now: Bobert in Colorado, whom I mentioned, and Marjorie Taylor in Georgia. It wouldn't surprise me at all if we get two more next time, and two more the next time, and two more the next time, and so on and so on. This is not going to be easily tamped out, and. Um, you know, I don't know, my friend, what, what exactly the answers are. It's something that has to be done more by the Republican Party than by the Democratic Party, and it has to be done, I think, also by the business community. I was glad to see some of these corporations make, say, make some of the statements they made this week, but I think they have to be much more forceful. I mean, that, you know, corporations depend on democracy, too, you know, <laughs> and, um, uh, and, and a prosperous nation. And... Um, you know, this is just we're 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 stuck with this for a while. Unfortunately, we are. Um, it was interesting hearing Joe. But people laugh, but I think Joe Biden said, "Well, I did him on his campaign trail." Now, don't you all want a president that isn't on the news every day for something yeah. crazy? I mean, you know, and that's really the way it's supposed to be. Last thing I'll say. This goes back to something else because I don't think we ever forget this. So I have a theory too in terms of. of, of what happened Wednesday means a lot of things, but I hear something else I think, and I want to try try this on with you and see what you think. Remember, one of the reasons uh, Putin was so against Hillary was because he believed that Hillary and Barack, uh, with the help of the CIA, orchestrated the demonstration, one of the big demonstrations in Moscow after one of the sham elections that put Putin in office. This was 2011, 2012, somewhere. Yeah. Remember that? He had a fit, and he just blamed him for it. He was so mad that people were demonstrating after his election. So look at this, Michael. What has his puppet done? He has created 
the same visual after an election in this country that just looked just like what was in Moscow. So that he can then go back to his puppet master because, you know, where's the money coming from? Now, businesses are pulling out $450 billion in debt or, or, or half a billion dollars in debt. Um, he can sell that. He can go to Putin and say, hey, man, but look, at least I gave you what the same thing that you believe they gave you in Moscow. You had people demonstrating in the streets saying an election was illegitimate, just like that is what happened to you. And, and that crossed my mind. What, what, do you, what do you think about that? Oh, I think that makes a lot of sense. And, the, and the, you didn't mention the piece of the puzzle that's also very interesting here is Deutsche Bank announcing that it's going to uh, not do business with the Trump organization anymore. Uh, you know, I think his brand is just going to be crushed. Uh, you know, there are going to be Americans, sure, who are going to go to Las Vegas and make it a point to stay in Trump's hotel. You know, there, there's always going to be that. There's going to be MAGA people who are going to want to do business in his hotels. But as far as like the business world and other corporations and banks and Deutsche Bank and the PGA and the city of New York, which had contracts with him that the Blasio canceled the other day, and other cities and other governments, he's done. He's done. And I think he knows it. And I think he's, he's, uh, he's looking at, at bankruptcy and looking at not being able to pay back that $450 million. And, uh, you know, and of course, he's looking at potential prosecutions uh, from the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, the New York Attorney General's Office, and elsewhere. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> If you're really asking me, you know, might he be living in a DACA in Crimea in two years? The answer is, you know, there's a, at least a 30% chance. And, and look, for him, relative to him, that's not so bad. You yeah. know, if they, they'll hook him up, you know, he'll be, you know, he'll have, what do they say in prison? Uh, three hots and a cot uh, <laughs> every day. And that's a better three hots and a cot that he'll have if Tish James and others, you know, lock him and the whole family up. You know, I don't think you woke up this morning. I was asking Michael about his daughter. Well, his daughter was 10. I don't think he, Michael wakes up every morning wondering, I wonder if I should get somebody to pardon my daughter. She had done anything. When you talk about pardoning people before they've even been, been charged, it's like that means you're admitting that you know they did something that is chargeable. You know, I can't just fantasize about a crime that has not been committed. You're in the ballpark when you do that. So, I think we know what that is. This is this has been an incredible time, um, Michael. We miss you, and um, yeah. Michael has uh, is always on top of these things. Folks, we invite you to go to the dailybeast dot com. Um, I, I, I'm sure, like me, even after all this, we're glad he's leaving. But this is this has been exhausting, and 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 even in the middle of a pandemic, dealing with him, covering him, all of us again being victim of his narcissism and his. Um, sociopathology. You want to say, oh, please, let's just, yeah, let's just kind of take a nap if we can. Just not having to read his tweets for the last five days has just been a release like I've never seen. Yeah, yeah, and and, it, and it's probably driving him crazy because that's his primary means of communication. All the parlor people. Uh, word of advice, y'all, don't go and commit a crime and then put your selfie without a mask as you're committing the crime. Mm does it the the uh, i like john oliver's terminology he calls it stupid watergate uh, <laughs> and you know my other thing too if everybody had marched on the capitol saying we didn't get enough support in a stimulus check which is true 
What can anybody say? Not one of those demonstrators even said, okay, we're here for this illegitimate election still. And by the way, we also a little mad because we didn't get enough stimulus. Not one of them said that. They didn't even have sense enough to raise that as a legitimate grievance when they're inside the Capitol breaking out the window. So, stupid Watergate, man. <laughs> and they're just, you know, they're, they're obsessed with one thought, you know, whatever Trump told yeah, yeah. Good to see you, Michael. Thank you for yeah. joining us as always. Let's let's not stay so long, okay? Anytime, man. Long from each other. All right. Thank you. All right, Michael Tomaski, folks. DailyBeast.com. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, subscribe, and wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five star rating and please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.